0: This is episode number 185 of the Well-Fed Women podcast. Welcome to Well-Fed Women. I'm your co-host, Noelle Tarr, a nutritional therapy practitioner and a certified personal trainer. And I'm joined by my bestie, Stephanie Ruper, author of the best-selling book, Sexy by Nature. On the show, we provide moderately amusing banter, authentic, unfiltered conversations relating to nutrition, fitness, mindset, and body image, and offer empowering advice for women, from women. While you're listening, please keep in mind that the information on this podcast is intended to provide helpful and informative material and should not be used to diagnose or treat disease. We are so excited to have you here, so now let's have some fun. Hello and welcome to the well Women podcast, coming to you from the states actually from the east coast nonetheless but we're same time zone but we're still not together (laughs) we're we're just in the same time zone which is actually to me a little trickier than it is (laughs) when we're in different time zones simply because you have such an irregular sleep schedule and my schedule is crazy because i have very limited hours to record but nonetheless (laughs) we made it work did you sleep last night I did. It was very interesting.
1: Oh, <laughs> Just keep saying that it's been very interesting, of which we can talk about more later. But I had a choice of where to sleep, and I was feeling very conflicted about it. But I did end up. I did end up managing to get some hours. I was I was I was awoken a couple of times. Awoken. awoken. So, yeah, a few times. That works. Um. But yeah, here I am. I again, I might be. My voice might be a little bit, a little bit gravelly because um, I just woke up. But
0: yeah, I'm here. Yay. Yay. I don't think you sound gravelly at all. You sound bright and cheery and very clear with your fancy mic. Yes, because the Boston Squeeze has a fancy mic.
1: There's some <laughs> foreshadowing for all of y'all. Uh,
0: hey, how long are you going to be in the States? When are you, what's the day you're leaving? It's unclear. So, going to DC for the thing to hang out with all y'all,
1: all yes. You know, 95 plus or minus 5 of y'all. And then my mother and I are going to Detroit and I'll hang out with my family whom I haven't seen since Christmas. Wow. And then yeah, then I will come back to Boston and depending on how things go with certain people here that I may or may not have already mentioned, <laughs> I <laughs> I will either stay for a few days or a week, or I'll just, like, book it back to England. Because
0: you have things to do, for sure. I got a, I got a lot of stuff. You got a lot of, got a got a lot lot of stuff, stuff to, to do. To do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. so our book launch is pretty cool. Yes. Yeah. For all of you listening, it just happened, so. And my husband went to Barnes & Noble and took a photo of it sitting right there in the front with all the new releases. So that was really exciting. Ken is so great. I know it. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know how I got this, how I landed this deal. <laughs> this is this is working for me. Yeah. But he, he, uh, he knows I can't leave on a dime and he rides his bike to work and works in retail management. And so he rode his bike over to the Barnes and Noble, which was fairly close, but yeah, it was still really cool. And he actually bought a few for our neighbor, who was like, can you please get me three signed copies? Which was really sweet. So
1: That is really that sweet. Cool. And let us not forget, we mentioned on the Instagram Live yesterday, but for those of you who weren't there, which is many of you, yes. Noel has a very
0: giving dentist. Oh, gosh, yeah. Y'all, this is insane. He, by the way, pardon my... <laughs> my toddler was screaming in the background. It's, it's, it's been a day. Um, my husband's taking care of her now, so she's not just, you know, screaming by herself. (laughs) Although I'm sure nobody would assume that, but, um, my dentist. So I've had the same dentist since I was four years old. Like the very first time I went and got my teeth cleaned, I went to him and he had a very new practice and we were like one of his first patients. My family is and was. And if, which some of you will have met my mom. Stephanie is meeting my mom this weekend. But if you've ever met my mother, who listens to this podcast, hi mom, she is like the most. She befriends everybody and and anybody. So somehow she's always like she's always the chatty Kathy, and it's one of the best you know traits about her. And so her and my dentist, you know, became like he became a family friend like we were friends with their you know with him and and on my on our birthdays i would like we would stop by his office and say hi to him like cuz we would he'd want to like say hi and wish us a happy birthday so it's a <laughs> it's just a funny relationship and my dad was getting his teeth cleaned yesterday and he was like yeah Noel's book came out and he was like he t- told his assistant he's like will you will you jump on amazon and buy 40 <laughs> So and my dad took a little video of it. I was like, "You've got to be kidding me! Forty copies. If anybody does that, I will like. I will write you a personal no. What's <laughs> a, I, I will send you no, a, I a vlog. Nothing. <laughs> I will send you a vlog that is like an air hug. I'm I was like going to say buy, I'll fly to you and give you a hug. And I'm like, that's really expensive. I'll, I'll like,
1: send you a this video. Is, this is what Stephanie will do. I'll buy you like a boutique breed of cat or dog of your choice or lizard or whatever you know and then i'll bring it to your house and put a bow on its head and be like really ta and we'll pose and take a photo together and so everybody will remember that i bought you this boutique animal whichever kind you like you know just the fancy kind and they'll be so they'll be very they'll be very nice maybe they'll like be a little mean but you'll just like you'll love them you know unconditionally anyway and that's like that's what i'll do or Noel can write you a handwritten note.
0: <laughs> hey, handwritten notes are very—they are few and far between these days. I will say <laughs> that's true. But for I'm forty big
1: copies, on... I'm gonna like show up at your door and do a jig. Well,
0: I have to remind you how much you actually make on forty copies, which is like forty cents. So. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. People ask me all the time. Just like, reminding how, you, <laughs> how much do you make on each? Because they want to like my friends want to support me. They're like, how much yeah, money do yeah. you make on these books? And I'm like, just don't even. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about it but like, like you should if you would be better served to like buy me some strawberries at the store <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe but also it just is really important it is really important it makes us look yeah I mean it all it all adds up in terms of then it, it it's just like writing reviews for whatever you know iTunes or whatever it's like the more popular something becomes the more it gets in front of people right so that's that's how the book system works too speaking of reviews speaking of
1: reviews (laughs) let's take a moment to talk about reviews you know how for like years we've been asking you to write reviews of our podcast (laughs) stop doing that uh, stop doing that stop doing that I mean you can do that if you want (laughs) two reviews would be great and I'll like send you a stuffed lizard or cat or dog of your choice and go on Amazon and write a review of our book yeah, that would be amazing. That would be really helpful. I'm looking at our rankings right now in Amazon, and it's the day the book's been out for 24 hours, and they're like they're pretty good, but we want them to go up. So
0: yeah, we're the number one new release in general women's health, which is nice, which is pretty fantastic. And I have to say, we're up against some 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 faves, including are we, uh, uh, including <laughs> get this, taking charge of your fertility. <laughs> We have ascended. Uh, Yes. So, yeah. Okay. Um, So, please, reviews. Today we're going to do something exciting. Um, We're actually, I just did a bunch of Ask Us Anything on Instagram, which I need to pull up. But I did the little question feature, and I said, you know, Ask Us Anything, and we got a lot of questions. (laughs) So, I these are just going to be, you know, some interesting questions, some person some some I don't want to say medical questions, but more technical questions about health and fitness, but also just personal questions, life questions, business questions. We may get two podcast episodes out of these questions, but we wanted to just switch it up a bit because we've been doing the three question episode thing for the last three and a half years now. And it's nice to sprinkle in some other stuff, more casual talking and listening. Um, So we're going to do that today. Do you have any announcements to make Miss Paleo for Women? Besides the fact that you launched a book.
1: I did launch a book. Um, Yay. I did launch a book. (laughs) I'm looking at the list of Amazon new releases in women's health. (laughs) Y'all, it just like go take a look. It's a little funny. Um it's a, it's a little bit funny. Uh I, that's not that's not an announcement. That's an announcement. <laughs> that's not an announcement. I'm struggling with my microphone. Uh no, I have We can tell. I have no announcements. Great. Okay, <laughs> bye. Uh,
0: bye. Um we have a new a new sponsor I want to mention real quick. Omax. Uh, you guys have probably been hearing about this a little bit more. It's Omax 3. It's an omega 3 supplement on the market and they contacted me recently. Um, and a lot of you know we've had a lot of drama around the fish oil situation <laughs> and how to supplement with omega 3s and this has been something that I have personally struggled with simply because you do it's really important for pregnancy and I my when I actually went and met with my functional medicine doc last week. Uh, She had mentioned that they were actually, my omega-3s were on the low side of normal and she wants me to start supplementing and trying to get that number up, which I found really interesting because I have been trying to up my omega-3 content, but I have been, so I've been eating um, some more fish, but actually my heavy metal number went up a little bit. Um, My mercury went up, which is uh, very odd. And so I've been toying around with trying to introduce some fish oils again, and i've heard a lot of people talk about omax 3 it's an ultra pure uh, omega 3 supplement and once they contacted me i think a lot of you guys know there's a lot of problems with how omega 3 oils are extracted and it's come under fire you know recently but also just in the paleo movement we've kind of had our <laughs> our opinions about how much you should supplement with and what types of supplements you should supplement with and that is simply because most of the like, the omega-3 supplements that you see on the market are, the way that they're extracted, first of all, the sources are a problem. And then the way they're extracted is, can, it basically damages the fatty acids. And so what you're getting is a product that is damaged and not effective and not pure uh, omega-3s. Omega-3s are really, really unstable. So they have to, you have to have a lot of care and attention if you're going to extract them. So first and foremost, eating them in a whole food form is priority, but when you still don't get enough and your omega threes aren't sufficient, I mean omega threes are really important. They're really important for brain health. They're really important for, you know, joint health. Focus and concentrate focus and concentration. And then I, I think we've talked about this a lot on here. They are anti inflammatory and they're really important to turn off inflammation. And so Omax, when they contacted me, I talked to them and talked to them specifically about their extraction process. And the reason that they created this product is because they wanted to create a very pure uh, product, a supplement for people. And so I'm really excited to see how people like it. It is derived from the richest source of omega-3 in the world, which is premium quality wild-caught anchovies and sardines. It's harvested off of the coast of Peru. And they are certified by Friends of the Sea, which ensures their fisheries follow strict and sustainable marine practices. So they do use a state-of-the-art process. It's the the omega-3 oils are double molecular distilled and cold pressed for exceptional purity, removing impurities and toxins, but maintaining the structure and the integrity of integrity of the fatty acid. So, and then each bas- batch afterwards is tested twice, which I think is really cool by independent labs. So. They got a little BOGO deal, which is cool. It's Tryomax, so T-R-Y-O-M-A-X.com slash well fed. Basically, it's if you buy one, you get one free. Um, you'll see it when you bring up the the website. Write it down right now, or go to the website right now, and it'll kind of walk you through and t- teach you a little bit more about the company. I think it's definitely worth it, especially if you're not getting a lot of omega threes, you're not getting a lot of. Uh, high quality fish in and or if you've had your blood recently tested and and you're low like me so i'm going to be doing a little experiment i'm going to start testing with it and actually i'm going to get retested here in three months and we'll see how it goes so try slash well fed you get a free box of omax with your first purchase and they do have a 60 day money back guarantee and they're coming out with new products that have cbd and l-theanine so there's more coming from them, which is exciting. Um, I know you've done a post about CBD oil on your blog, Steph, and I think you know maybe we'll be talking about that more in the future seen a lot of great things for it specifically a lot of great testimony about it specifically for anxiety and for some really severe conditions like people who have seizures and stuff like that like i've been seeing that on the mainstream media quite a bit so i'm i'm kind of excited to explore that as an option a little bit more again the cbd oil but yeah go to tryomax.com for right now (laughs) to see try the the omega-3s um, Tryomax.com/wellfed. We'll link to that in the show notes. And then our second quick announcement is about Prep Dish, which we have mentioned last week. They're still doing that, um, or I'm sorry, last month they're doing that great offer for us, where you can try Prep Dish totally for free. Um, this is a really great time to do it. Back to school is tough, and you, <laughs> even though you probably bought our book and you have all these great new recipes, it's still really important to have some. Uh, some help, you know, when you want to plan when you when you have really busy weeks and you don't have time to try new things and you just kind of want it all done for you and written out. So prep dish is the solution. You basically you're just outsourcing your your meal planning instead of sitting down and spending hours doing it yourself. She teaches you how to set aside time to make, you know, The stuff ahead of time, so that when it comes to actually making dinner, when when it's the busiest time of the week, you have everything done. So you have like a prep day, hence the name prep dish, where you do one to three hours on the weekends preparing for the week ahead. So it's just awesome. It's an awesome resource. It's gluten. They have gluten free and paleo. Um, friendly options. I love Allison. She's she's so talented. She's got a lot going on. She's really great with just c- the creation of recipes and and just t- teaching people how to use them. Prepdish.com slash It It's two free weeks, so this is a great time to try it out because of back to school and all the craziness. Prepdish.com slash wellfed. Okay, so let's get into some questions. Um, and this is again. These are just going to be short. Are you? Are you? Do you have your situation covered, Stephanie?
1: Yeah, I'm holding my pop filter in front of my face. <laughs> oh gosh,
0: we have had some interesting situations with Stephanie's sound. I remember when you recorded under a scarf so that you didn't echo. So that was
1: so funny. That was not for our podcast. I think that that was, wasn't. That was Girls Gone Wad. Mm-hmm. You can go listen to that. But yeah, I was in a room that was all like it was a small
0: room with hard
1: walls and yep. it just echoed a lot. So I like put a scarf over my head. It was
0: hilarious. It was, it was, it was a, that was a really great episode. We'll link to that in the show notes. Girls Gone Water Fun. Um, Joy and Clara. but it was funny. We were all just dying because Steph was under a scarf. So <laughs> here she is holding her pop filter. Okay. So let's just run through some questions. Um, okay. The first one, Ooh, tips for being a career woman and a mom slash pregnant. So, I have talked about this before, and we're just going to kind of rapid fire through these. I've talked about this before, but being having a career and/or trying to manage your own business, and then being, you know, a mom is a lot, and your time is really strained because if if you are you know really focused on, or you're trying to really balance your time between being a full time mom and you know, having a career, it's tough. And it's, there's really no such thing as balance. And unfortunately, you can't do both things really, really well. So I think you have to figure out what where things can give. And for me in my business, I have decided that moving forward, I just, I don't have time to necessarily be a perfectionist. And whereas before I would put, time into my business and time into my career. You know, I, I don't want to say my business, because I know that a lot of people have a lot of different career paths. So I think when you're putting time into your business and or it's it's your thing and you're trying to get a thing started, you know, get it off the ground, which I know a lot of our listeners are, it's really difficult because it does take a lot of time and so does being a mom. So and and I think the interesting thing about being a parent is that your time is not it's not necessarily set. You know, it could be it, everything, it's different every day. And then you could have a week where you really don't have any time to do much because things happen. So, what I've really had to move forward with and what I recommend for most multitasking moms is that you really just have to outsource things where you can. So, for example, with the meal prepping, don't beat yourself up if you have to prioritize. Like I I love my business. I love what I do. And so if I have to do a freezer meal a couple nights a week because I'm having a really busy week, I don't beat myself up and I don't feel guilt about that. So I have to fi- figure out where things can give. We're getting somebody to help us clean the house, which is great. So it's we, we found, both my husband and I have found that that's the thing that typically slides to the wayside when we get really busy. And it's worth it to us to to spend a little bit of money to have somebody come once a month and help us do some deeper cleaning. So that's one thing that we're able to outsource. And so it's just about looking at the list of all the things that you do in your life. And Shaleen Johnson had a really great list where, and I read through this and it's, it's really set me up for this mentality, but listing out everything you do in a week, I'm talking even the little things like, you know, preparing lunches to doing the laundry to cleaning the bathrooms and I mean everything all the things that you do not just cleaning but as like a human being and then look at that list and see where can you outsource and what can you pass on to somebody else because what is that you know what is your hourly rate if you're what are you worth you know if are you worth and and then what can you pay somebody to do that so if you're if you can get a sufficient you know let's say 5 hour chunk of work in and that leads that means you getting to work one on one with a client or you getting to work with some you know sponsors for a new podcast or you know whatever that is and and look and see how much money that produces in the beginning it might not be much but later on you know your time becomes really valuable you can you can get a lot done financially and so is your time worth doing some of those little tasks that you can easily outsource like with prep dish you know it's a very low fee but if you spend a couple hours doing that and you can outsource it you can spend those couple of hours making a lot more money than what you're paying for prep dish right and so it's just all about shifting things that aren't that you can find somebody to help you with over and really seeing your your time specifically as building a business as, as really valuable and, you know, (laughs) as really important. And so I think it's really seeing where things can give, but then when you do spend time in your business, being very efficient and being, um, you know, make sure that there are no distractions, make sure that if you're a morning person, it's in the morning. If you're an evening person, it's in the evening and, also, not being a perfectionist, like I mentioned before, it's it's you can't sit down and expect things to be perfect. They have to be good enough, and for you to be able to serve people in a greater capacity, if you're going to sit there and this is what I did for many years, if you're going to sit there and over tweak images and over tweak things, you're spending so much of your time. Like you, if you spend an hour, you know, hyper being hyper vigilant on how a a blog post looks or how something is worded. I mean, that is not a very good use of your time. And if you would have just hit publish and said, okay, this is good enough, you could have done a lot more with that, uh, that hour. And so it's just learning things about yourself and kind of just saying, I've got to, I've got to do things that are good enough. And I talked to somebody recently who's a f- uh, photographer and he was struggling, like, how do I balance this? Cause he runs his own business and is also a dad, you know. And so his he shares responsibility with his wife and it's like I don't know how to be able to work from home and also be, you know, a dad and be taking care of my kid and it just feels so torn and how do you manage your time and you know, I was like, you know, I lo- I know like editing photos is a lot, you know, it's a lot of time and sometimes you just have to be able to say this is really beautiful and this is good enough and or pay an assistant, you know, to help you get a lot done, which that has been tremendous for me, tremendous. I was doing you know a lot of the publishing and a lot of the um very detailed work the editing with all the podcasts and i just decided i've got i've got it even though i don't have the finances to do this i've got to take the step i've got to take the leap and let somebody else do it and know that my time is going to be more valuable and i'm going to be able to make up for that you know with with the things that i'm doing so um that's the stuff <laughs> okay Okay, so here we go. We're gonna get into a little heavier topic, and i I think that this is hopefully where Steph can talk about some of the things she was foreshadowing. Have you ever had to crawl out of a depression or any other mental state, and how did you do this?
1: I almost just started crying. Um, Aww. Yeah, so I no, I'll just stop me if I talk for too long. okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I want to talk about both anxiety and depression. i talk I deal with really. Pretty serious anxiety, and it's waxed and waned at different points in my life. And it really was definitely its worst um, when I was taking spironolactone, which we have talked about at various points throughout the podcast. You know, spiro is a drug that had side effects. Anxiety is not a common side effect of spironolactone, but for somebody with my body chemistry, you know, it just it makes sense that it would happen. Now I understand, but I didn't know when I was taking it that that was the cause of my anxiety. And I have a big blog post about it and I get people commenting like at least once a week saying, I'm so glad I found this blog post, it saved my life, I'm feeling the same things. But that sort of thing didn't exist be- before I had Spiro and so, or before I had anxiety and had taken Spiro. Um, and so I just, I didn't I didn't know what was going on and it's been a long time. And so fortunately the, the memories have faded, but I was saying the other day, I said last night, like sometimes when I feel my most anxious, I think I might like go mad, like insane. Like I sort of see the the precipice of sanity. And I'm like, wow, I could be on the other side of that so easy. <laughs> I could be over there. And that has a lot to do with my like, really deep thinking about the human condition. And like, what are we all doing here? And what does it all mean? And all that stuff. And it just sort of tumbles into this mass of chaos. But that's like, that's my experience. And, and, I have to be so diligent to this day. You know, I don't have the same like physiological problems, but my body is still really quite disposed to anxiety. And a couple weeks ago, we talked about how I was having trouble sleeping. A bunch of things like events have, have come into my life that have made it really easy for me to feel anxious. And I get things like that charming, painful feeling in your stomach and, a rapid heartbeat and chest pain and maybe a headache and have you know quick breathing and, and all this stuff you know all this stuff and it makes it impossible for me to sleep and then I get really anxious about not being able to sleep because I've had a lot of trauma in my life related to like very extended periods of not sleeping and I can't help but be terrified of not sleeping and life is so nice when you're well rested and I can't forget that fact in any way It all just sort of builds up and then I don't sleep. And then it, you know, as Noel well knows, like then it makes it much easier to feel anxious or if you struggle with depression to feel depressed if you're not sleeping because it's, you know, it's hard for your brain and it's very challenging. And so I am very, very diligent about managing anxiety. And sometimes recently, because of what I've been going through, I've spent an hour every night on the phone with my mom, at least usually I would more than half the time before she goes to bed and half the time after she goes to bed and I'm a 30 year old woman and I call my mom in the middle of the night and I'm like, I'm, I have anxiety. I need your help. And that's like a thing. And she's the person who has saved me so many times. And I've been so fortunate. I don't know what I would be doing without her probably journaling more actively. I think I should probably start doing that so she can get some better sleep And I I think journaling is is the best we can do if we don't have other people with us or talking to ourselves and recording it and then listening to it. Um, And really like figuring out where your anxiety is coming from is important. And like uh, deconstructing it and and telling yourself why it's wrong. You know, you just, you have to do that over and over again. And if you see thought processes coming that you know are problematic because you've walked down them a million times, you have to stop them. You either have to do the work to deconstruct them, or you have to stop them before they get started. Because then the what if train starts, and then you're what ifing everything. And this happened to me last night. at i I called my mother at three a.m. and we talked for an hour. Of everything, you know, I start having questions about everything, and I have to find every doubt that I've ever had <laughs> that I'm currently experiencing that's really relevant, and like figure out how to talk it down and then we do this thing called recapping we call it recapping and it's developed over the course of several years where then i have to like go through and and say it out loud the, like the the reasons that we have discovered that i am safe and then i do it again you know and i keep recapping until i until i feel calm that's what i have to do other things like deep breathing and stuff like sure that works it does you know help calm your body down But I really, like, really need to take care of the ideas. And so that's, like, that's an ongoing thing that will continue to be an ongoing thing for the rest of my life. My mother is also encouraging me to spend a lot of time doing positive, like, mantras, like, affirmations about beliefs. And I think I might have mentioned this last week, but there are some things I believe that might not necessarily be true, right? Like, I am bad at sleeping, Yes, historically I've struggled with sleeping, but like recently, like I I slept great, you know, and, and I can work on reinforcing beliefs that are positive. I am good with uncertainty, you know, um, I can sleep in a new environment. The reason I really struggled last night is because I was in a new environment and I was worried about, I don't know, it just wasn't the same. It wasn't the comfortable place that I like knew, you know, before. So, (sighs) That's like that's just a fact of what it means to be me and something that I have to deal with. And um, I will continue to look for new strategies for management, you know, to preemptively make myself worry less, be somebody who worries less, become more comfortable with uncertainty. You know, studies have demonstrated that the more uncertainty we face with respect to a certain decision, the more the higher all indicators of stress are physiologically in our body. Um, Skin conductance is a measure of stress. Uh, sweat, um, sometimes like it's skin conductance at that level, um, cortisol levels, really big indicator. And when people are faced with uncertainty in, in studies and it's been studied thoroughly, the greatest position of stress is at the highest point of uncertainty. And I think for humans, this is like pretty generally applicable. And then for people who suffer with anxiety, like very real, and then you feel the cortisol and then you've might feel more uncertainty, you know, more predisposition to question things. The physiological stuff is real, and so doing what we can to keep our stress levels low, to keep our brains oriented on positive things, on stability, on safety, that's that's just like that's really important. okay, I'll close that for a second. i want to talk I want to talk about depression. Um, I think as hard and frustrating and terrifying and like really effing unfortunate, anxiety is for me to experience I don't think it's as bad I don't think it's as intractable a problem as depression can be so with anxiety I'm like constantly figuring trying to think about what I can do to make it better the problem with depression is that it makes you not want to make it better often and I find this to be enormously problematic one of the people closest to me in my life struggles really heavily with depression and it's been an enormous battle for this person and for me being so close and trying to figure out how to make this person like want to get better and summon the energy to do what it takes to get better is just enormous. You know, depression is a condition of inertia and like your energy is is gone and, and the feelings that you might feel to be motivated to do something are completely gone. It's flat, you know, like I might not experience depression, but I know it very intimately now. And I know what it does to a person's face, you know, like their faces change because they they don't, you know, they don't smile as naturally. Some people, you know, a lot of the people who struggle with depression are very public, very happy people. And we know this from our experience of celebrities who struggle with depression, but when you know them really well, like you can, you can almost like you can sort of tell that it's a veneer. Sometimes people who know you really well, like they can still trick you because they can sort of float on the surface and experience happiness, and then like, and then it just all it, it's it's either all a veneer or it comes crashing down. Like there are just so many different ways to experience it. Um, I think the most important thing that you can possibly do is like be cognizant of this and have patience. Tell yourself, like, take small steps, small things that help you, like do what you can to be somebody who has energy to do things. Take a shower. Like that's a huge deal. Clean your room. If you have trouble doing them, if there's somebody around you who can help you do those things, you know, do those Do what you can to like try different supplements for the physiological stuff, food, consider getting on medication, like just do it. Because the thing about depression is, again, it's hard, it's hard to want to cure it or fix it or manage it or however you want to talk about it. But if you get on meds, it can help give you the like jumpstart you need to take care of yourself. I wouldn't be ashamed of needing meds at all. I could, I think it's often very important. So I would do that. B vitamins have been demonstrated to be helpful, like really high quality B vitamins, really high dose B12, Um, magnesium of course, St. John's wort, like there are things out there that can help and then in your daily life, get a therapist if you can. Um, Tell somebody in your life that you're struggling, draw them in, have the largest support network you possibly can relying on just one person, something that has been a part of my life is not healthy for anybody. It's very scary, too, depending on how severe what you're dealing with is. And so I I recommend doing what you can to, like, share what you're going through with people, people who are safe, people who know how to hold your space, and, like, let them help you. They want to help you. You're valuable, you know, like, your depression probably makes you think you're not worth it. But It's the depression speaking. Something that people often do when they treat depression is personified in their head as as something not them. You can even give it a name. Like my depression is named Sally and I hate her. I'm sorry for all the people listening named Sally. That just happened. It's just a name I picked. Pick a different name, you know, Joe. My depression is named Joe or like Voldemort, (laughs) you know, like Voldemort or Sauron, you know, pick a bad guy. That's the name of my depression. And then you can and then you can like watch what it does to your brain and realize that it's like not it's not necessarily you, right? It's, it's your neurochemistry. It's the crash, like the events in your life that have crashed into your neurochemistry, you know, like all of these psychological and, and neurophysiological components like happen together. And I think both the physical and the, and the mental, you know, the practical are really important to address. Um, and just recognize that it's not, it's not you, you know, um, and sort of give it a voice and, work on ways to talk it down. And I know it's hard. I know it's probably the hardest thing you might ever do. Like dealing with my anxiety is the hardest thing that I do. And helping people with depression is also the hardest thing that I do. I think that mental health conditions are just like really unique in our world as problems that like desperately need to just be held as gently as possible and diligently. And just like, don't, don't, don't give up, you know, because they can, they really can be managed. So you just like have to believe in that and and believe in yourself and have patience. Okay, I'm done.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Stephanie. Yeah, I, uh, I've never had to crawl out of a depression. I've just, uh, I think I've opened up quite a bit on here about postpartum anxiety, which is actually a very different condition than postpartum depression, which I will say is, is. Like Stephanie is mentioning, like general depression, you know, for people who aren't necessarily experiencing postpartum depression, I, it's just not recognized enough and it's not, it's not treated, I I feel like people now, we're kind of, again, we're not handling it in, in the appropriate ways and we're not, people think that they are alone, and so there's a lot of shame obviously involved with that and when you are in, you have you have a babe when you have a kid you go basically you you get all of these questionnaires sent to you first by your primary care then you you know your midwife will typically take you through it at 6 weeks postpartum and then uh, your pediatrician screens you for it as well. Your pediatrician will send you a questionnaire, and it's like ten questions, and it's basically like, how much do you hate your life, one to on one to ten scale, and so that is kind of how they assess. And of course, you could answer the questions in a way you know how to answer them, so that you pass and you don't get, you know, this awkward conversation with this this pediatrician that you don't know at all, um, you know, three days after you've had a baby. But it's um, it's kind of just like, oh, we did the screening, and that's that's it. And so I think that there probably should be more to help support people in mom's lives to help them to to be able to assess and know when a woman is experiencing these things and, and warning signs to look for i wish that there was a little bit more training before baby came you know we have these breastfeeding classes and we have these childbirth classes and first days home i did a first day's home class and i really wish that there was some sort of like mental and emotional support like for the support person In the picture, like I really wish that there was a class that was specifically for support people that you would go with together, that you'd go to the class together um, that would help your support people know what are the signs of postpartum depression and anxiety and what are the next steps? What do you do then? Because I feel like people, once you're in it and it's like. You're in the thick of it. It's really hard to know what to do. It's really like, oh, okay, should I go to my doctor and say, okay, I'm, I'm depressed? Like, and then you get put on, like, because a lot of people in our, our um, you know, the holistic health world, they don't necessarily want to just be put on medication. And so it's really hard to even know who to trust and who to go to and, you know, so that, and it's a lot. And then it's like you, you're so involved with this child and trying to figure out what's going on with this child that you don't know how to take care of yourself. And so I think that there does need to be some sort of shift in how we recognize and take care of people who are going through depression, but also postpartum depression. Uh, I it's, it's a lot. And I think going uh, next time when I, I do want more kids and when we hopefully go through this again... I'm going to, it's going to be different uh, for sure. Uh, And how I approach the postpartum period. And my gosh, I mean, I just, I absolutely like the, the love that I felt for Stella was also what was causing me so much anxiety. It was just very paralyzing to me. And it was like, like with postpartum depression, a lot of people feel like, you know, I I don't really want to hold my kid. And with anxiety, it was like, I don't want to put her down. I don't want to let anybody else touch her. You know, it was like this very, like I've talked about overestimating risks. It was just like this paralyzing state of like, I don't know what to do with her, but I don't want her to go anywhere else, but be like in my sight and with me. And, um, and there's a lot that goes with that. And luckily I had a lot of friends who were very helpful and saying like, you know, this is what I went through and it's okay. And, here's what you need to do and, or here's some options. And um, here's, here's my experience. And so I was very thankful that a lot of my friends had given birth and gone through that, you know, kind of postpartum period and, and knew that like, Hey, you know, this is my friend and I'm going to, I'm going to be honest with her and say like, look, you might be experiencing, you know, if if your baby blues don't (laughs) last more than a week or two, like, it might be worth it to, you know, be be aware. Be aware, and, and I'm here if you have any questions. And so that was really helpful because I am, you know, one of the last of my friends to have kids. But um, anyway, I think that, you know, that experience for me was really, really enlightening. And it was a time in my life, like I've always been prone to anxiety. Actually, I had panic attacks as a kid. And um, I did have work through those, but it's just been a part of my physiology. And it's really frustrating when people are like, oh, well, it's because of a nutrient deficiency. And I know that's not what you're saying stuff with the whole B vitamin thing, but I think there's a lot of misconceptions and it's a lot of shame and guilt then put on people if it's like, well, you're deficient in iron and that's why you're suffering from postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety. It's like, okay, like, I don't think so. Like there's a lot more going on than a deficiency in iron, which I'm not saying that nu- nutrition can't be a huge part and play a big part in, Healing the body and the body working correctly, but it's more than that. It is more than eat more fat and, um, you know, make sure you're eating sufficient iron. I think that that can do huge things. And I think that ultimately that's why I'm not crippled by it because, you know, when I was a vegetarian and I wasn't eating, didn't I, you know, I wasn't having a a low fat vegetarian diet. Let's be clear on that. So there's like no fat in my diet, no V vitamins, no iron, no nothing. Um, I was much more prone and much what things would set me off easier. Um, and so now that I am much more, you know, on top of nutrition, I think that that it does absolutely affect my mental health, but that is not the whole picture. There's still more, you know? So, um, that was pretty much the podcast there. (laughs) Okay. Um, Here's a lighter question. Favorite place in the world and your favorite vacation spot? Your favorite place in the world, Stephanie. You've been a lot of places, so.
1: Ah, it's so hard. My mm-hmm. favorite place in the world is my mother's living room. <laughs> it really is. So it's it just is. It's beautiful. She has all of these, like, she's got like 30 little plants like, she, it, it, like they're just these cute little plants and all of these arts and crafts. She makes beautiful, you know, beautiful things. And it's just, it's got this beautiful, warm yellow paint. Yeah. That's like, if I had to pick a place. Um,
0: like, all right. That's, all that's right. it. Excluding your house, your home, your, like, where is your favorite place on earth? That was a very sweet answer. But. <laughs> Cause I, I would say my bed because I just <laughs> love my bed.
1: Um, yeah. Fine, fine, okay, fine. There's a lot. I Right now I'm thinking of this spot on the south of Taiwan that uh, there's this beautiful beach that I camped at before I left Taiwan, um, you know, sleeping outside on the ocean, waking up with the sunrise. Like, I loved it. Uh, Taiwan yeah. is the world's, like, best-kept secret it's a wonderful wonderful country so um there if you want to go on vacation to somewhere that people don't normally go and that's wonderful go there
0: it's interesting the thing because when you're thinking about your favorite spot sometimes you don't really know you're there until after the fact that too yeah um my favorite place in the world um besides my my home being being in bed um and then favorite vacation spot i don't know if you have one steph i think that's probably the same for you, but I, my, I I really enjoyed, we traveled, my husband lived in Japan for a little bit, and, and I traveled around with him there, and looking back on some of the photos, I'm like, what a cool place to just exist in, (laughs) like, how cool was it that we were, like, on this little island called Miyajima, and, like, we were just walking around, and it was just so exotic and peaceful, and I loved Kyoto, I mean, just kind of sitting and relaxing, and, and, whatever just enjoying like fresh sushi like it just was so great and and japan is probably i mean i haven't been to many countries i've been to switzerland and italy but i even though it was it was so foreign um more so than europe is obviously it just still was just such a cool experience there were so many little you know like gardens and and just a lot of greenery and it just was we did so much and it was it was really cool and very peaceful and i loved it and i would love to go back um and then favorite vacation spot we always go down to the Riviera maya in cancun and i i absolutely love the area i absolutely love where uh we go to the same resort we actually got married down there i eloped and it was the best decision ever (laughs) so we got married down there and we've been back pretty much every year since besides last year when I had a baby, but um, we went, that's where we went when we went to Mexico was the Riviera Maya. It's this beautiful resort and it just, they so take care of you in terms of food allergies and stuff like that. And it's got this smell and this feel. And sometimes I kind of like catch a whiff of like the smell from like, you know, just like the rain or even sometimes, you know, how pools smell, like when I'm just smelling like the water or something and I'll get this like memory of sitting, just laying outside Um at the resort, and it, it feels good. It feels all warm and fuzzy. Okay. Um. Yay. So, will you ever do more meetups or conferences? Well, we <laughs> had a me, we, we had a book signing. <laughs> we we <laughs> we did a thing in D.C. Truthfully, I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever really do any more <laughs> meetups or conferences. Um. I don't either. You know it. It depends on. It just, I don't know. It depends on what happens. (laughs) I think, I think that this is an interesting, yeah, it's an interesting question because it's really like, what do you plan to do for the rest of your life? And obviously we started this podcast because it was like paleo, paleo. And like, so we were like paleo effects and that's what everybody did in the paleo movement. And, you know, I think, hmm, I don't know. I'm not downplaying paleo effects or anything, but I don't think that we'll be going back there for anything. Um Nope. It's just it's just not like on – it's not on my priority list, you know, to, to travel there. And I think it's a great conference for new people getting into paleo. But we are kind of like move, shifting away from that. There are other things that I'm really excited about doing. And there's conferences that I'm speaking at coming up and, in the area. But it's really hard at this moment in my life, especially like having more kids, for me to travel. And Stephanie is obviously across the sea. And so it's just – and then when you come back here, you're probably going to be doing more philosophy things, and maybe on the other side of the country. So I don't know. It would have to. It would be a really odd thing for us to be at the same conference. Yeah, like it'd have to. I don't even know what the conference would have to be about for us to be there. Besides, like I will uh,
1: definitely be at many conferences in my life, but probably no more <laughs> <not>. paleo
0: conferences. <laughs> Yeah, and they're done that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. We have. That's the thing. You've gone multiple times, and now it's like, okay, what you know? Um, I don't know. I've been talking because there's um, Stacy is in the DC area as well. Stacy from Real Everything, and there's a couple other people in this area, and I'm like, yo, I just I want to start. I want to be able to get together with people and enjoy each other's company and like because we, we do have relate we have real relationships with internet people you know people that we've met in person but we live afar and so it's really odd to have this business where everything's online and like you're close with all these people who are just everywhere <laughs> um and you don't have necessarily like in-person experiences all that often and so i was talking to Stacey and I'm like, can we do something? Can we, like, do this, uh, like, I don't know, like, a like a, just a retreat of some sort where we just get to all enjoy each other's company and each other's food? And, <laughs> like, can we do that and it not be, like, some big conference where we have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars to attend? Yeah. I don't know. Doubtful. But we can be on the same live together. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Uh... Thoughts on body positive accounts whose photos actually make women feel more insecure.
1: I just have my mouth open right now, like forming words <laughs> and not saying any words because they make me so angry.
0: Yeah. So It's a real thing, angry. y'all. It's a real thing. Body positivity is a big deal. Body image is a big deal right now. People are using it to sell the things.
1: I just, I can't, like, I mean, and I know people, people I like, who have these, like, super fit, like, zero body fat percentage bodies, and their photos are all over everything, and they're like, love yourself. Like, I get it, you know, but why can't you say the same thing with a shirt on? Why do you you need to show people your abs while you're telling them to love their body? Okay.
0: Okay. So here's the thing. (laughs) I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. It is frustrating. It's frustrating because it's this is really complicated. I know what you, I know I know the people you're talking about too. So I want to be like I want to be aware of the fact that being body positive means there's nothing wrong with any type of body. And this is the thing we have to get which is the like the the pro like, you know, body positivity community If you're truly body positive, you're not going to be telling somebody you need to look this way, right? This is the way you should look. You should be losing weight. And I get that. And that is based off of aesthetics. And there are a lot of accounts now who are like, love yourself. And you can do that by losing weight and by, you know, being on this diet. And or look at all these photos of me half naked and or naked, you know, slightly covered up. And talking about you know my life and it it's hard for me because I do believe like well okay you can do whatever you want if you want to show your body off then that's 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 your choice yeah you agree. Like, that's your choice but at the same time it's what is the underlying motivation here is it to show off your body so that you can like sell a product and or you know like promote whatever you're trying to sell and or your programs and you're kind of trying to draw attention to that by showing off your body like I think that sometimes we just it's and it's hard to it's hard there's no answer there it's not like like I can't say like well you're just trying to sell stuff so you're not you don't have the freedom to take a picture of yourself because your body looks according to what the social norms want you to look like like that's not being body positive either you know what I mean this is really complicated
1: it is so it is complicated I think I mean, I think you can do it responsibly. All right. I'm not saying that everybody who posts photos of their bodies online is like doing a bad thing. I'm not saying that, but like the language that you use has to be super inclusive. You have to be aware of the fact that you're like showing your body in a way that like other people just like might, you know, might not feel awesome about. Like you have to know these things and you have to talk about it. In a really yes, like th- sensitive manner and also make it clear that even while you look this way, you don't expect other
0: people to look that way, you know? Yes, you said it perfectly. Yep, that's exactly right. It's you. you I think we all have a responsibility now to know, uh, you know, what has been going on and if we are truly trying to help people and trying to get people to stop you know, being judgmental or um, hurtful towards people who don't have a super lean body or whatever, then we have to be responsible with the the things that we put out. Um, And I I think we do have that responsibility. Like, I I think it's not rocket science to know, like, hmm, this might make certain people feel this way. But um, I don't, I'm not trying to put any rules on what people can and can't like post but I do think that there's we have to be aware of what's going on and the truth of the matter is beyond you know if people should be allowed to post photos themselves or not you know a lot of accounts are still are using body positivity in these in these within the context of love yourself love yourself love yourself but also uh lose weight with my product and it's it's really really sometimes it's really twisted and it's really even hard to see um and it's really disheartening because if there's any, you know, downplaying and or judging somebody and or, you know how, so in our society, fat has, the word fat, calling somebody fat has become, um, no matter what you look like, you know, if somebody were to say, oh, you're like, if I were to post a fi- picture of myself and said, oh, look, you're so fat or, oh, gosh, that uh, amazing, the um, first cover model on Sports Illustrated can't remember her name. She's amazing, though. Um, you know, she is. She is part of that movement where it's like, look, it is not fair to somebody who she like calls herself fat. Like, yes, I have more fat on my body. I am fat. Like that. That's what describes me. Just like you know, this person over here is tall, and or this person has a different skin color than me. These are all physical physical skin color than me. These are all physical uh, characteristics, and. We are literally using a physical characteristic to like attack somebody and or think of somebody as less than. And that's not okay. I don't care if you think, what you think about the world and health and how somebody should look. Like for you to judge somebody and treat them like crap because of their body size is wrong on all accounts. And so the the true body positive movement is about saying, it is okay to be fat. It is okay to be, quote unquote, overweight, according to the scale. People have the freedom to choose how they want to exist and live. And some people are not, not, you know, some people are more genetically inclined to be fatter than other people. Like, that is okay. You know, that's not, that's not a bad word. We're not like, you know, making fun of people by saying that. And so, um, gosh, I wish I could remember her name. I'm sitting here like, I need to start trolling through my Instagram feed. But the woman who was the on the cover of of Sports Illustrated, you know, she's part of that movement that's like, I work out. I am very active. I am doing a lot of stuff. I am very healthy, but I'm also fat, you know, like I'm also a, a an what do they call plus size model, you know, and, and I'm okay with that. So that is kind of, where we're coming from. And I think a lot of people miss that. They think, oh, like, love yourself. Oh, Ashley Graham. That's her name. Okay. I would love to have her on the podcast. That would be really freaking cool. She's literally been everywhere. Um, she's been in movies now. And, yeah, on Oprah. Um, she She's doing a lot for the movement. And I think that's what frustrates me is, like, If you're not truly body positive and you're not helping women get out of this, like, I need to look this certain way, if you are still perpetuating the idea that, like, you need to look a certain way, (laughs) you know, that there is a better way to exist. And we've got to stop focusing on aesthetics and focus on health and individualized health and how do you feel and give people the freedom to, you know, stop trying to just be so focused on i need to look this specific way um i hear you stuff i know what you're talking about and it frustrates me and i think it's it's more just because i'm like we you have a responsibility being in the public eye and being you know somebody who is a health and fitness expert you i feel like you know you have a responsibility um so yeah N- knowing what some of some of these images can do um when they are you know hashtagged fitspo and all that kind of stuff so yep, yeah um okay one last question we've got a lot so we'll probably do this second a second time um is it okay to have several days in a row when you are sedentary yes Yes. I'm sorry. I don't want to rant about that. I've talked about she that does a lot. so much. But absolutely, you're allowed to take multiple days off in a row and you don't even have to have a broken foot. Okay? You can take multiple days off in a row just because you need more sleep and you need to rest and recover. We love Thrive Market, and for good reason. It's an online marketplace on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable. You can shop for thousands of different foods and natural products, including non-GMO foods and snacks, vitamins, supplements, personal care products, eco-friendly cleaning supplies, organic baby food, and more. And the best part is you get to shop from home, on your computer, or with the Thrive Market app. And it's all shipped straight to your door. Their prices are 25 to 50% below retail prices because they cut out the middleman and buy straight from brands and then pass on that savings to us. In other words, for the first time in history, you can easily access wholesome alternatives to conventional products found at traditional supermarkets at the same prices or lower. We have a special offer for our Well-Fed Women community at thrivemarket.com slash Women. You can get $60 of organic groceries for free, plus free shipping, plus a free trial membership. You literally have nothing to lose and you'll likely find many items that are already in your pantry. Go to thrivemarket.com slash Women, and you can check the show notes for more information. What is something? Okay, we'll finish up with this. This is a great one. What is something you wish someone had told you when you were beginning your health journey?
1: Don't take spironolactone. <laughs> God, I mean, I, I, I'm really serious about that. You know, I took it because yeah. I was I was trying to I was trying to be thin and have clear skin and be fertile all at the same time. Like, really, you know what I mean? Like, I was way under eating. And that's why I had bad acne. And I like I took a I took a shortcut. Like I prioritized my appearance over my health. And I didn't know that it was gonna have that kind of effect, obviously, or I wouldn't have taken it. But if somehow I would have been able to convince myself that like if that was the wrong thing to do, I think that would have been great. And not just not just because of my experience with Spiro, but also because like it is something I learned eventually, just a little too late. Also, for for everything, you know, I had sacrificed a lot of different parts of my health that way, and and no one knows what that's like. So, um, yeah, that's that's the one thing I, I probably, I probably wish I knew.
0: I wish I knew that you didn't have to look a specific way. Like, I wish somebody would, I would have been able to, and I I might not have been in a place to hear this, and so that is ultimately the problem, but I wish that somebody would have sat down with me, or, like, I could sit down with myself and be like, hey, you know what? (laughs) Nobody cares if you lose five or ten more pounds. Like, you do not have to be super lean. Like it's not a real thing. You don't. That doesn't. That's not a requirement of being a woman. That's not a requirement of being attractive. That's not a requirement of being fit. That's not a requirement of of being healthy. You know, one. You know, focus. Like I, I do. I spent a lot of time. I spent a lot of time pursuing that, and. I really wish now looking back, I was in some of the best years of my life and I, I wish I would have been able to spend a lot of my time and my mental capacity doing so many other things. Um, I could have been doing a lot of other things, just enjoying life, but also like doing a lot of good. And it was really just the chronic and constant pursuit of trying to be lean and trying to get a six pack and trying to lose five or 10 more pounds. Yeah. And why? And Why? So that's it. That's it. (laughs) That's a wrap. Um, For more from Stephanie, go to paleoforwomen.com. For more from me, go to coconutsandketables.com. We will talk to you next week. We'll do more. um, Ask us anything questions. I might post some more of these. So make sure you're following us on Instagram. At Well Fed Women, and then each of us individually, and you can get your question on the podcast. And then if you actually have a long, more involved question, you can send that to Well Fed Women at Gmail.com. We will talk to you next week.